Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. Dr. Walter Aka. And we are pleased to bring to the podcast for a second time. The first time didn't, uh, the sound quality didn't turn out good, unfortunately. It was, but... it was my, it was my fault. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't get to enjoy our, our conversation. <laughs> right. Walter driving actually... in his car and uh, getting locked out of the conversation. Right. And then, and then also the, the therapy session I had for why, why dentistry is my, my biggest, you know, regret and the happiest moments of my life. So, so we have uh, with us Amy Morrison. Uh, I met her at the XPT, which I talked about on the podcast before, but she's a, a coach with them. And um, she also has uh, started her own company, True Core, True Core Health. Um, so welcome to the podcast for a Thank second time <laughs> and, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> t- tell us we a little to... bit about yourself. Absolutely. So uh, I work in the field of mental health. I'm a therapist. I'm licensed here in the state of Colorado, and I'm also passionate about educating people about mindfulness and breath work and the nervous system and how it relates to our mental health. So I love using science and an understanding of that to help teach people the why behind you know, why they should take care of themselves or engage in self-care or, you know, have that awareness built up. So so the reason we wanted to bring Amy on is because dentistry is stressful for both the dentists, the staff, and the people, the patients coming to, to get dental care. It's not a favorite place for patients to be. Um, yes. So we, we wanted to bring her on to, to see how she could help both sides of, of that relationship uh, with patients and with, with Dennis and how we can all take better care of ourselves. Right. Well, and, okay, yeah, we're I just going to change everybody's life with one That's podcast. <laughs> That's why I, it's funny you say that because we aim to do that with every podcast. You know, every time we no pressure. Out, we're like – Another home run. So no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) We're like Barry Bonds without the steroids. Yeah. (laughs) It's all natural. It's all natural. All natural. Let's start off by, you know, asking this. So if we're going to, I want to play, I want to like role play a little bit. Okay. I'm a, I'm a patient. You'll Mm -hmm. be me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, Dr. Aka, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? you? I, I don't like what you do. And I hate the fact that I'm here. Mm. Yeah. I get that literally every day. So as somebody, you know, who is sensitive, that's me, you know, how do I go about making sure that that doesn't hurt my feelings? Right. Because I mean, we joke around, but a lot of, a lot of patients, that's the first thing they say, I'd rather have fill in the blank than be at the dentist. Right. right. Exactly. Right? And we get yeah. that all the time. And I just don't, I mean, one, I, I feel like there's so many other things that you would, I wouldn't want to do, mm-hmm. you know right. what I mean? Yeah, Rather be exactly. Dentist. But, but like, how do we get past that? That's mm-hmm. something that I feel like a patient should know. And then we also should kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like that is such a reality for so many people listening and, you know, so many, like both, both of you have expressed that. And I think that's such a reality too, of what your, um, what we, we talked a little bit about before, you know, even being on this call was the impact on the mental health, right, of the dentist, like with that type of energy in the play. And the first thing that kind of comes into my head with that is the concept of boundaries. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with what a boundary is? 
Even, no. if I, even if I did, you're going to break it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be completely honest. I do not know what that means. Right. I know what boundaries yeah. are when I try to teach my kids not to touch other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's a physical boundary, right. right? So when you say, this is my physical boundary, right? I, you can come here or you can go there, right? This is where, where you end and I begin. Right. And so the same kind of concept can exist within like an emotional boundary, an internal boundary, a, you know, this physical boundary, right. And spatial. Mm -hmm. And all of these are necessary in order for a healthy relationship to occur. Okay. You know, so what you're talking about there, Walter, is an internal boundary, right? Because as soon as someone says that you take it personally, Right. And you say, oh, that's about me versus someone's experience of the world. Okay. Okay. Right. It's the same kind of situation. Like if somebody gets angry at you in traffic, right. Or if somebody even, you know, comes into therapy, right. And they're like, I don't want to fucking be here. Right. Or whatever. Sorry. I don't know if we swear on this. Okay. Let's be honest. We're not professional. (laughs) 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 Great. Cool. Freedom. <laughs> yeah. So w- what do you even notice as I say that? Like what comes up for you? Well, the F word. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's a personal attack. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a, it feels like a personal attack. It feels like because a personal attack. Yeah. This is my career, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of, you know, I'm not saying that I associate myself with being a dentist only, mm-hmm. but that is one of my, you know, one of my it's your identity, right? Identity. Exactly. Yeah. It's a piece of who you are. Right. Right. It's not all of who you are, because if that was it, right, if that got taken away, then we know you wouldn't crumble. Right. right? If dentistry for some reason got outlawed, then we hope that you would find a way to survive. We wish. Right. Um, and so what you can step into there. Right. Is, you know, when, when I talk about boundaries, right, we talk about the existence of it in the like the physical, the mental, the um internal external right like what does it mean when you when i say like this is where i begin and and you are right i am me and you are you Mm -hmm. right is this concept of like that doesn't flood your energy doesn't flood into what i'm experiencing right now and so even before that right we want to get into the space of with boundaries what are you protecting and so what you're protecting in that moment is your energy for the day okay okay Right. So right. you can say, you know, all you want, right? Like try to keep people out, push people away. Right. I have a boundary. I have a boundary. I have a boundary. Right. Sometimes people almost create concrete walls, right. When they, they, they start to do boundary work. And then this you, is from the, from the patient's point of view or the doctor's point of view? From your doctor's point of view. Oh, right? okay, okay. As yourself, right. We're connected okay. to you as mm-hmm. self. Right. And I can give you some words for what you could say in that moment, right? And so yeah, we'll, yeah. You know, we'll get there, right? But for right now, we're kind of setting the groundwork of the why behind the boundaries, right? Because we want to get back into what are you protecting, right? Because if you have concrete walls around a barren garden, what, what's the point, right? right? You're trying to like get people to stop stepping in your barren garden because you're not actually taking care of yourself. Okay. So if you can say, all right, come to the space of I want to protect my own energy and how I'm experiencing this, right? Like, cause like I said, every healthy relationship has boundaries. Mm-hmm. You can kind of breathe into how do I want to feel today and how do I want to protect that space? Okay. So that's what we want to move, like start with. That's the kind of energy that we want to begin with. 
So as a, as a doctor, right. In that moment, you're like, oh, I hear you, Walker, Walter It's hard, right? This is really hard. And you know what? I get to kind of be here and stay calm for you while you're struggling with that. Because that's what you're staying at standing firm in. That's your identity, right? Is that you are calm and centered and that you are confident in your work as a dentist, mm-hmm. right? Versus allowing somebody else's opinion to break into your space and trample all over your garden. Okay. Well, so what about anxiety? Now we're transitioning to the patient goes from, well, I really don't want to be here, which is 90% of people, right? Mm-hmm. To, uh, okay, I'm, I'm incredibly anxious. How do yes. we bring that kind of same vibe and that kind of same, you know, relaxation into the, in the into the environment? Because the first thing everybody thinks of is, oh, I need to get nitrous. I need to get laughing gas. Right. right? That's the yeah. first thing. Everybody, so instead of trying to um, <laughs> sedate our way through dentistry, you know, how do we yeah. go ahead and do it in a way where we can maybe help patients with like breathing techniques or whatever mm-hmm. it may be to get their anxiety level down. Cause I mean, yeah. that makes us anxious too. Of course. Right? Right? right. Because anxiety is one of the most, con- you know, contagious emotions, right? Because it's based in our survival, mm-hmm. right? If you're wa- coming up to a watering hole, right. And everybody's anxious. You're like, Oh shit. Like what's going on? <laughs> Should we all be anxious? Right? Is there like a lion close by? Is someone going to attack us? Right. You want to be attuned to somebody else's anxiety. Right. Okay. But what we learn as children, and this is what I would say 90% of my clients struggle with, is the concept of self-regulation. So that's the ability to manage disruptive emotions at will. Okay. okay? So you bring in choice into the way that you're experiencing the world, right? How do I want to regulate myself? So what you can do as a provider, right, is help them co-regulate off of you which is what they should have been taught to do as children, right? Because you may have experienced this if you have like a parent figure who's really anxious, right? Like you notice how that rubs off on you as a kid, you know, how to rub off on you, right? right? And so this idea of learning how to regulate and calm your body should have been something you engaged in as a, as a child. And a lot of us like didn't get that, right? Didn't get that emotional attunement, You know, I myself, like I was raised in a family of seven kids. I'm the fifth of seven kids. Like there was barely like enough energy for like food to be thrown at me. (laughs) And so this is something I had to learn right into adulthood. And that's the beauty of it, right? Is that we get to learn how to do this. And so this is, I think in that moment, right, that, that can be on you to say, I got this. I got you. I'm going to breathe and calm my body down. And you could have like pictures up on the walls of like how to regulate yourself. Right. Like I have stickers that I give clients that show, you know, how to regulate themselves using different types of breath work. And so they can kind of engage with that throughout the day. Okay. Um, And you can even share this concept with them. Right. Like, doesn't it feel good that I'm calm? You can kind of bounce off of me and see if you can feel that calmness too. Right. And I think that kind of is where like boundaries could come into play as well. So what kind of like uh, give us a sample of uh, like a breathing technique that we can give to a patient who is overly anxious, which is, Mm -hmm. again, 90 percent of our patients. Yes, absolutely. So what I would recommend uh, are extended exhales. 
Okay, so you can teach them to make their exhale about double the length of their inhale, right? And Kyle, I'm wondering, like, do you remember experiencing that in like our breath work at yes. sessions? Like, and can, do you remember like being in the ice bath and being stressed the first time? And yes. what helped you in that stressful moment? Um, really having the coaches there to, you know, talk us through this is what you're going to feel and letting us know, you know, you're going to breathe through this, that you're going to feel that shock and uh, that calming voice talking you through that moment of high stress and, um, you know, breathe in through your nose, slowly out through your mouth, kind of coaching you through that breathing helped to, I think, get a lot of us through that initial shock of getting in the ice. Yeah. And can you imagine if like I had been like panicking and maybe dancing and like, <laughs> acting like really activated during that time? Cause right. I, you know, was there, I was coaching you with Perla, right? right Perla right. was there too. Yep. Yeah. Like, right. can you imagine how that would have changed the whole energy of everybody's experience? Right. 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 And so that's where we get to kind of set the stage for like, how do we want to show up as the leader in that moment? Right. And I think as a, as a dentist and anybody who is also maybe the dental assistants and the hygienists, right. Like how do they need to show up as well? Right. right. And so this can be for your whole team of, right. This is the way that we show up in these moments. Right. And so this is the way that we can calm down. Right. So those extended exhales, you know, try to shift people into nasal breathing as much as possible, right? I know that can be challenging with anything that's going on myofascially, right? Like with all the aspects of that, you know, but I think that can be something that could be powerful as well. And so just gently kind of teaching them, you know, okay, just extend out your exhales, right? Like give it a little bit of space to be able to to do that and engage that. So, so can you break that down? No, I'm sorry, Kyle. No, go, go ahead. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. I know you've already done all this, so you'll <laughs> actually be the one to you know, give us a sample of how all this stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to know, you, you talked about two things, extended uh, ex exhales, and then you said the nasal breathing. What's the benefit of nasal breathing? What does that really do mm -hmm. from Absolutely. a scientific point of view? Yes. So it is the way that we are actually meant to breathe. We are meant to breathe 99% of the time in and out through our nose, right? But because of necessity, right, because of like the way that we operate, because our actually our faces and the bone structure of our mouths have been formed in such a way that we actually have a smaller, you would probably know way more about this than I would, right? We have a smaller capacity within our sinus cavities, right, to be able to even um, provide space for us to breathe nasally. So like I have a deviated septum, I've had allergies, I've had asthma. So my body said, well, we got to keep this chick alive. So like we got to just mouth breathe. Right. <laughs> and so I've had to kind of reprogram myself into the space of, okay, teaching my body to nasal breathe because nasal breathing actually filters the air it warms the air, so it prepares the air to be received into the lungs, and it's the right amount of air. Because if we are mouth breathing, we are typically over breathing, which then sends a stress signal into the body to be more activated and in that more fight or flight response. Right. I bet you notice like anytime you felt kind of panicked, you <sighs> right breathe in and out through the mouth. Right. That's right. that fight or flight response. 
If we can shift into nasal breathing, it's more of a parasympathetic response. So that rest and digest, which is what we want our clients to be in, right? We want to, we, we want them to be, breathe in all the way. We want them to breathe in through their nose and out through their nose. Uh, so it's a, the right amount of air. Um, and that does take some getting used to, right? But that's kind of the reasoning why behind it. And it, it, it also um, increases nitric oxide. Is that right? Going through mm-hmm. the nose to help dilate the blood vessels, give you that relaxation effect. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we actually store nitrous oxide in our sinus cavities. And so breathing in the oxygen in through the nose, it binds to that and then kind of goes into our system that way, which is pretty cool. See, that was, that was Kyle trying to impress our listeners. That's all he's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> You know, it, it, it's funny you brought up uh, you know, how you coached us all through getting in the ice bath and looking at, you know, being a dentist and interacting with people on a daily basis. It is, you know, bringing those coaching elements into the patient whenever you're getting or numbing them up. It's, you know, explaining everything. This is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to feel. Breathe real slow in through your nose, out through your mouth, out and coaching them along the way, much like you coached us, you know, in that high stress environment. Um, So that whole line of communication, taking out the fear of the unknown and letting them know this is kind of a normal response, what you're going to feel. And we can, talk our way through it. Just listen to my voice as we're, we're going through this. Um, I think is a great way to help the patient calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And kind of shifting that awareness onto the dentist and onto the staff of we are providing this you know, support and stability, right? And we are empowered to provide that, right? And so you can kind of be real about like, oh, I'm having a harder day today. So it's probably going to be harder for me to show up for my clients in that way. But you know what? That's okay, right? Like giving yourself some compassion and grace in that moment too of like you're learning how to do this. And so some days are going to be great. You're going to have really good boundaries. And then other days it's going to be harder. And so just kind of flowing with that as well. Like, you know, and recognizing like this is a process, right? Any any tips? So we covered, you know, dealing with rational mostly rational adults. How about, how do you deal with children that don't have that capacity to be capacity to be coached quite as well as an adult? And can I say sometimes kids are better actors or they act better than adults do. So that's <laughs> Especially when you step outside of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm curious, Kyle, like when we talked last time, we talked a little bit about this, um, like bringing in some aspects of and concepts of like a play therapy into it. Right. 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 What has anything changed for you since we had our last talk about this or maybe it's just that hasn't come up or hasn't been something that's been present in your mind. Um, To be honest, I've referred, I still refer out a lot of, you know, bad behavior kids because uh, unfortunately time is money in the dental office and to sit there and really try to coach a, a child through something um, yes. Yeah. Luckily, I, I haven't run into a a lot of um, very anxious and apprehensive kids. Uh, but usually, if the hygienist can't clean their teeth, then at that point they're they're going to a pediatric dentist who has yes. that training. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's really wise, right? Like in my practice, in my work, I don't see children, right? Yeah. Because it is, I, I do have lots of training of working with kids, but it's just not something I've chosen to focus on. Right. And if I had to do that, I'd literally have to change my office because it would need to accommodate play therapy. Right? right. And so I think that's a big piece maybe of like what, you know, I can't speak to the dental aspect of it, but the fact that you would have to shift your practice to where you could be more receptive of children in general. Right. right. And so I'm sure there's lots of trainings you can do. Right. But coming at it from a more play therapy mindset, right. Would be, you know, kind of explaining it with a bear, right. Maybe you have like um, a bear at your office or like a toy at your office and you kind of, you always have it around. So you can kind of grab it and, you know, show like, this is what's going to happen. Like, do you want to hold on to this? Like while we talk, like, and then while you're having the procedure done, you know, this, this little bear has gone through it a lot of times, right. Depending on the age, right. The right. age range. Right. And so kind of bringing in some like, play and engagement with that, right? And maybe even encouraging parents to like allow them to have a toy that they bring with them, you know, right. or there's like their favorite show is playing on the TV, right? I think, you know, that was something that I always knew at my dentist's office. I could watch TV, which was like my favorite. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually watch TV, right? <laughs> and so I know that's not, not a big deal now, but, you know, just kind of engaging with that as well, right? And it brings it back to that co-regulation piece. Like they're going to feed off of your energy. Right. So if you're like, I hate this, they're going to be like, well, they hate me, right? right? Because kids at that age are very centered. They're like very self-centered. They filter everything through, you know, Oh, this is, this is bad. I must be bad. Right. Mm. And so if you can kind of shift that for them, I think that could be you know, powerful as well. And honestly one, one about thing. parents too, parents are, you, I think the main cause is the parents have had a bad dental experience in their past and they, project that onto their kids or exactly you, know, you got to brush your teeth or he's going to have to give you a shot next time. Right. Or, you know, they, they really exacerbate that problem. Right. And so there's some education before they even come into your office, right? right? Like this is something that I think about even with, um, you know, helping my clients feel safe, right? I tell them where to park. I give them address, you know, the, 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 you know, the really clear like address there's my waiting room is very calming place. Right. And so like even thinking about that, like, what is it, what are the precursors to a client coming into your office space and how can you give them that like 11 star experience? Right. right. I think about that with, and I think that's really important for startups and for practices, you know, like how can you think outside the box to really provide that space of support and, you know, connection, you know, right. for your, for your clients. Right. So the next thing that uh, us evil dentists do to our patients <laughs> <laughs> is because of pain, right? And then the pain isn't, um, oh, we're about to do it. The pain is usually injections. Yeah, you're going to feel some pressure, right? Yeah, and we say that a lot. <laughs> I know. I know. I fucking know. Through, you know. Through, you know. <laughs> Kyle Nichols are only, only tricking the book. <laughs> so, so we do. We say that you're going to feel a little bit of pressure, right? It's a complete lie. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more than that. Or, right. or a, little, a little prick. Right. Nope. That's a lie, too. Yeah. But anyway, so how do, we, how do we help patients get through that, that injection uh, mm -hmm. point with maybe breathing techniques or any other advice you can give us when it comes mm -hmm. to walking people through that process. 
Yeah. So I feel like for, especially for pain, right. If we can help them focus on something else, right. That could be a little, that can be helpful. Right. Like, and that's where the kind of the dissociative effect of breath work can be supportive. Right. So maybe you could say like, okay, this is not going to feel good. Right. Like this, they're like getting reality with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And try not to like, obviously make them panic or freak out. Uh, you can have some control in this moment. You can support yourself by breathing in when I say so, right? So you know when you're going to, you know, press into the gums with the syringe, right? Right. So you say breath in and press, right? Like that's what I would recommend in that moment, right? Because of that, they're shifting their focus from pressure and pain and what's going to happen to my gums to, okay, how can I breathe in this moment, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you can kind of even get you know, get with them and like, okay, let's make that breath like a four second inhale. Right. And just kind of shift that a little bit. Does that feel supportive? Like, do you think that would help? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I think what you said is actually key, right? Being able to distract it. Right. My assistants is, is, is the funniest thing I've ever seen. They start tapping on the patient's face you know, with, with <laughs> okay. you know, suction or something. I'm just like, I remember the first time that I saw that. So what are you doing? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, no, that really helps. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? yeah. But it does help with some certain people, but it doesn't help with everybody else. Right. So that distraction right. of maybe breathing. So with that, would you do like four in and then what, four out? Or how do we go mm-hmm. through that whole process? Because we're in there for approximately what, Kyle, like 20 seconds, yeah. 30 mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah. 20, right? 30 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, like, so see how slowly you can breathe, right? Feel See if you can feel it in your belly, right? Mm-hmm. Give them a little bit more of these cues, right? And so keep breathing, keep breathing in. Okay, cool. Now exhale out and let's do that again. Breathe in, exhale out, right? Like, and just kind of reminding them like, this is temporary, right? Like this is something, you know, that is temporary. I get that it's scary. And for most people, they've probably done something a lot harder in their lives. Right. right. And so like you've, you've been through harder things, right. And not trying to like dismiss their pain, but just right. kind of remind them that they are capable in that moment of sitting with, with the experience. Yeah. Right. I would think. I, I find it hard to, to believe when someone says this was worse than giving birth. And I was just like, really? Yeah. Really? It's, it's that serious? And I've gotten that multiple times. A, a I mean, lot. I I've yeah. I, I, I've People gotten do, it too, right? Yeah. They have that significant fear, right, yeah. of the needle. So maybe right. they just need to not see the needle. They need to, like, not even thinking about the needle, right? Like, they just do it. Right? And so that's where you try to, like, you know, experience, like, help them with that distraction, that kind of dissociative effect of the breath work. So yeah. where um, – Moving past that patient dentist experience, and you mentioned setting up boundaries for yourself to prevent the day's events from affecting your quality of life. Um, I think we talked about this before. Healthcare dentistry in general has a a higher anxiety, higher depression, higher um, suicide rate than the general population. Uh, At what point... Does somebody think or start to recognize, you know, I should probably start to get, you know, some professional help for Mm -hmm. whatever anxiety I'm I'm feeling, whatever depression I'm feeling. Where is that cutoff point where you think, okay, this, this person should, you know, seek out help from somebody? Yeah. So I feel like that can go a couple different directions Mm -hmm. because 
I would wager, right? You would tell someone to brush their teeth and floss every day, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> not all, not all yeah. the time. Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I need my business to keep going, but go ahead. <laughs> well, well, we're going to assume that they're probably not going to be there. Right? <laughs> so in the same way, right, we can think about how are you supporting your mental health in a, on a regular basis, right? Mm-hmm. And to try to not wait until you're – you know, your teeth are falling out, right. To get support and get to help. Right. And so I would say like a good checkpoint would be if you find yourself feeling more negative than positive, right. So if it's normal to have a bad day, right. Right. It's normal to have, you know, a rough, you know, um, couple days or you kind of like feel altered, right. You feel affected. But if you have multiple weeks where you feel very, down or just, you know, just connected or, you don't feel as um, present or as happy, right. Or, you know, as able to connect to the full range of emotions, Mm -hmm. then that's when we need to start like feeling those warning signs, right. That's a good indicator, um, you know, of, of dealing with that, right. If things are happening in your life and you don't feel like you have the tools to work with them, right. This is why when somebody experiences a significant life event, they oftentimes seek out support, right? Because if they lose a loved one or if a trauma happens, you know, they don't feel like they have the tools to manage that, right? So if something significant happens, what I would say within your field, I'm imagining it's years and years of built up stress, you know, that you've kind of been able to just like maintain, you know, some semblance of control over. Um, And then it gets to the point where it gets kind of out of control, right? Right. And so what I would say in those moments is see if you can kind of regulate your stress response in a more, um, like more regularly, right? right? And so what I mean by that is we are meant to experience stress and then experience resolve from it. For many of us, we live in a chronic state of stress. Mm-hmm. And this also related to our, you know, just being sedentary, right? And not experiencing the full um, cycle of stress, right? And so there's a book called, I think it's called Burnout. Um, and it's really helpful in kind of getting, the first couple chapters are good. I don't love the rest of the book, but. The, Honest, honestly, <laughs> I like that. So like you should read one or two <laughs> chapters and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, that's my experience, right? <laughs> Whatever. If you can give me the cliff notes, I'd appreciate that even more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the concept is, you know, it kind of comes back to our evolutionary, you know, experience of the world, right? In those times, right? And as we've, as I cannot speak, as we've progressed as humans, you know, thousands of years ago, right, we would experience a stress and then we would kind of come back to our village and experience a resolve and probably dance or sing or talk or connect, right, to kind of express and move out of that stress response, right? So you feel the stress, you you feel the, re- the release, the relief from it, right? Yeah. So what I would recommend, right, is how do you kind of experience that stress relief on a regular basis, right? For me, I love to walk. I love to take like a hot bath or like a cold shower can be really helpful for kind of shifting us out of that state, right? Um, I also love to use a sauna, right? So experiencing stress and experiencing the resolve from it as well, right? And so if you're just experiencing stress and you're not regulating your system back down, then that chronic stress is what causes illness, mental illness, you know, these physical effects, right, that can kind of 
obviously really affect our um, our way of living. And, and honestly, with the, whenever I started doing the ice bath because of the XPT training and working myself up to it before the class and then continuing it after the class, that, uh, you know, like you said, we all have down days, but if I've had several rough days at the office and getting in the ice, getting in the sauna, that extreme stress from the ice to the heat and cycling back and forth between the two, that really does wonders for the mental health to, you know, it, it honestly puts you in a good mood whenever you get out of the ice and you, you get back to that normal, you know, body temperature. And, um, it, I swear it releases a bunch of happy hormones that, uh, yeah, it really does make you feel better. Right. Because what happens is you have this big sympathetic stress response, right? Because your body doesn't know that you're getting to an ice bath or if you're falling into like a cold, like lake. Right. 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 And so what you experience is a parasympathetic rebound. So that's where you feel this big sympathetic effect. And then you go and swing to the other side and have that parasympathetic rebound. So that's why anytime I do a workshop where we do ice and heat, 99% of the people leave feeling amazing and feeling so much better, right? Because they feel that rebound. And oftentimes you feel kind of tired, right? Because you're actually, your body's actually sending you the responses of like, it's time to rest. (laughs) It's time to (laughs) regulate, right? It's time to calm down. Uh, The the look of disgust on Walter's face right now with uh, the thought of getting in ice because when he comes to Pennsylvania to visit me, he knows he's going to have to get in the ice bath. You know, Kyle's crazy, right? And I've learned that about him. He's a friend of mine, but he's crazy. Uh, but, okay, let's talk about it from a point of view where, like, you know, not everybody has an ice bath like Kyle. Yeah, right? absolutely. Not everybody yeah. has that because Kyle's special, right? So, <laughs> so let's talk about it from, you know, like people that have kids and all this other stuff. We may only have 30-minute drive from work home. Like, how do we make sure that we're good for the second part of our, our day, which is the kids and the, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the second shift, right? Right. The second, yeah, exactly. Second yeah. shift. Like, how yeah. do we kind of clear our minds so that we're not bringing that negativity home? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is where you can have that, that, um, that parasympathetic rebound as well by engaging in various activities to help you kind of regulate through that stress response. So, you know, playing your favorite music, singing in the car, right? Experiencing some silence, maybe that would be better, right? Doing breath work, right? Connecting with your body, right? That can be helpful as well. Getting a quick, like five minute, right? Something kind of to move your heart rate to, you know, increase your um, activation in your body so that you kind of feel like a little bit of that, you know, regulation as well. This is why, you know, exercise can be really powerful. Um, you could also, when you get home, right. It could be like, okay, awesome. Like dance party before dinner, right? Like there's no, like how awesome would that be? Right. Your kids feel connected. They're playful and having fun. And this could be like a part of like just your routine, right. Is that like, it's not about like the screaming and the crying and it's like that, that can be reality, but also like, what if this is just like a part of our, um, you know, experience of, as a family, Right, that you know, you could just shift the energy there. See, I like that. Yeah. I like that, Kyle. How come you don't give me advice like that? That that was perfect. That, that's why we bring the professionals on here. <laughs> Kyle's like, I don't know. <laughs> he just tells me what, get into what, the what, ice. What, right, he just tells me to just throw ice on myself, like the ice bucket challenge. You know. Uh, so so now now we're coming into like what you do, right? I want to know what are some 
you know, apps or, or websites or stuff that we could visit that will help us through this process, right? Because I truly believe dentists, I mean, we're very lonely individuals, mm-hmm. meaning that, you know, we open a practice and we're like the only doctor there, right? And everybody yes. else works for us. And I mean, the right. stress of basically supporting other people's families and everything. I, yes. I personally think that we need to have somebody that we can talk to on a regular basis, even right. if you're not stressed, just someone to just kind of outside of your family circle, right? Yes. And that like that loneliness that comes right from feeling like, oh, this is all on me, right? Like I have to like manage this. And so there's maybe a, a story that you tell yourself, like, I can't have anything wrong. Right. Or I can't need help because I have to, you know, have all my shit together all the time. That's it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, kind of working with that, I would say there's a little bit of a myth right there, right? Where this idea of like, I can't be vulnerable because then people won't respect me. And in reality, we know that vulnerability actually breeds, like creates connection, right? And initiates like this ability for reciprocal communication and connection to occur. Right. And so that's something that's really powerful within that. As far as resources, mm-hmm. I actually have an online community. <laughs> so how did we know this? Wow. homework or something. So I have an online community called the collective where it's all based through Patreon. You can download these. Um, I have, fresh breathwork recordings every week. Uh, and they are based on aspects of breathwork, you know, to help you kind of improve your relationship to yourself and then also help you increase your, you know, kind of the, your ability to breathe healthily in general. Right. So we have a different theme every month and, you know, we've had the theme of the nervous system. We had the theme of focus and control, like 88, you know, the concepts of, you know, how do we work with ADHD, this month, November, we're working with relationships. So <laughs> we're starting with this relationship to self. Awesome. And then next month, we're actually talking about boundaries. So it's kind of perfect, right, awesome. with what we've talked about. And give, um, give, us, give us that uh, name again and uh, how do people uh, connect with you on that? Yeah, so it's the True Core Collective. And you can search for it on Patreon.com, True Core Collective. You can also find it through, like, my social media and website and all that jazz. Well, give us your social media and website and all that jazz. Okay, great. So yeah, my we are here to help. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It's <laughs> my... only the professional we do on this. <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram account is TrueCore Health. My website is TrueCoreHealth.com. And you can absolutely email me and contact me through Amy at TrueCore Health. Everything is spelled correctly. Uh, true is in true or false. Core is in your core. And then health is in healthy. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Amy, for yes. agreeing to do this for a second time. Um, of course. <laughs> and <laughs> now I, I really believe that you know we as dentists need to take better care of ourselves so we can t- continue to take good care of uh, you know the patients and helping everybody around us. So um, it's definitely an important thing to focus on. Absolutely. You know, you are leaders in your space. You know, you are the the uh, you have a lot of power. right in that office space and the people who come in experience that and so i think there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and this is a process right this is all about how are you shifting into who you want to become and you know that i think is a great place to start that's awesome i'm gonna leave it there because i can't i can't beat that that was great (laughs) uh, 
the best way to get. I mean, Kyle, don't ruin it by saying anything else. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Amy. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much for having Honestly, me. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank All you. Right. All right. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.